You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Last Sunday, we kind of started talking about the discipline of fasting, and so I kind of want to pick up where we left off there last Sunday, and we kind of talked about the spiritual benefits of fasting, and we kind of covered the three most common basic types of fasting that you'll find in the scriptures, and the very first one was what we called the absolute fast, and that's where you go for a period of maybe one to three days with no food or no water. It was a fast that uh, the Apostle Paul used. Uh, it was a fast that uh, Esther uh, used there uh, in her uh, uh, quest to go before the queen. And then we also talked about the normal fast, and that's a fast that you can undergo from one to 40 days. And the most common aspect of that is that you uh, do without food um, and just drink liquids only. And again, uh, this is a fast that Jesus used when he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit for 40 days. And then we talked about the final one one, which is the Daniel fast, and that is a fast that's named after the prophet Daniel, the book of Daniel. There's a story in there that uh, Daniel and his three companion, companions use this kind of a, of a fast. It's a fast that allows uh, certain types of food um, and liquids as well. It's one of those fasts that can be uh, undertaken for a longer period of time. And we ended last week kind of just encouraging everybody to try to pick one of those three, um, and just to use that for the purpose uh, of just drawing nearer to God. And as I did uh, last week, let me again, I just want to give this disqualifier. If you're here this morning and you are pregnant or you are a diabetic uh, or you have any serious medical condition, maybe you're currently under a doctor's care, um, again, I do not encourage you to undergo any kind of fasting uh, without the consent and oversight sight of your doctor. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, well, you know, I'm just going to try it and, and see how it goes. Um, you know, again, that's great, but I really recommend uh, that you discuss it with your doctor before you start. And, and just again, make sure that they're aware of it and that they're on board uh, before you begin. So this morning, I want to talk about, again, just some of the principles as it relates to fasting. What are we after? What can we expect to experience? And I believe one of the pathways God has designed on purpose in order to bring us into greater intimacy with him is through embracing what I would call voluntary weakness. Now, let me just be the first one here this morning to admit that when... I hear that concept, embracing weakness, my flesh kind of rebels at the notion. Again, most people kind of disdain, uh, we, we kind of despise this notion of being weak. It, it kind of uh, brings up images of maybe being, you know, needy and dependent. And, and frankly, it's contrary to the way a lot of us were raised or how we approach life. It's, you know, that survival of the fittest is kind of our mentality. And we've been taught that. You know, you pull yourself up by the bootstraps. It all depends on you. And that's kind of been reinforced throughout uh, the, the generations 
that only the strong survive. And yet an honest reading of the scriptures, particularly when you get into the New Testament, you're kind of going to discover that one of the ways to greatness, to power, to intimacy with God is through embracing godly voluntary weakness. And when I use that idea of voluntary weakness, there is involuntary weakness. And, and, and voluntary weakness is what we choose. Um, involuntary weakness can be stuff like persecution, suffering. Those are things we don't choose, or those are things that maybe are, are put upon us. So those can be involuntary. We didn't sign up for that. We didn't, we didn't want that, but it, it happens. So when I talk about voluntary weakness. Again, it's what we choose to embrace. Now, one of the physical experiences that we are after, and if you've ever done any kind of fasting, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about here, but one of the physical experiences that we are after in the biblical fasting is the physical weakness that inevitably comes when we kind of abstain or we, we um, withhold taking food, okay? It's probably the part of the fast we like the least. Now again, the goal here is not to focus um, on the, the hunger um, which again, it, it's easy to do. When you start feeling that weakness, it's just very, very easy to kind of begin to make that the focal point uh, of what you're doing, of what you're feeling, of what you're experiencing. Uh, but it's really to focus on, on embracing that weakness, okay? It's embracing the weakness that comes to acknowledge that it's in our physical weakness that God is strong. Okay, it's when we start to embrace that weakness that we can begin to say, out of that, God is great. Again, we embrace, we welcome that physical weakness so that whatever we are fasting towards, again, we're positioning ourselves in a way so that when God moves on our behalf, we know it was through no strength of our own, right? Because we're, we're feeling very, very weak. We're, we're, we're just kind of feeling, you know, uh, incapable of doing a whole lot. And, and so when God begins to move in very powerful and very strong ways, we, we begin to see, okay, that wasn't me because I just don't have the strength, the energy uh, to be able to pull that off. When we embrace the weakness that comes with fasting, again, it, we're counting on, we're looking to, we're depending upon the power of Christ that dwells in us to accomplish the plans and purposes of God in our lives and in our ministry. And again, I say all of this because I'm guessing if any of you have ever tried fasting, and you kind of did so without really any, you know, biblical understanding about what true biblical fasting is, chances are that a lot of us have had bad experiences come out of that. 
And so oftentimes when we talk about fasting, we begin to kind of react out of that very negative, distasteful experience um, that we had. And it causes us then to want to kind of avoid the experience or even talking about fasting. So I just want you to understand from personal experience how some of you may be feeling right now as we kind of talk about this and in encouraging uh, people to undergo fasting. So I just kind of want to share with you just some insights I've kind of gained over the years uh, on both the subject and the, and the experience of fasting. One of the first insights that I learned and was really, really helpful for me was the fear of fasting is far worse than fasting itself. The fear of fasting is so much greater than the fasting itself. Now that, that was huge, huge hurdle for me. The first time I was ever introduced uh, to the whole concept of fasting, and it really wasn't fasting, we were, we were kind of uh, um, doing something in our junior high ministry at the Lutheran church uh, I grew up attending. And we were invited to come to the church for a weekend, starting on Friday night through Sunday, and the whole experience was centered around uh, the concept of allowing ourselves to empathize with those around the world who were experiencing hunger by denying ourselves food. So we would personally kind of know from our own experience what it was like to be hungry. So the idea was, was we were going to meet at the church on Friday night and we were going to remain there until Sunday at 6 p.m. without eating anything, only drinking water. Now, Friday night wasn't too bad because most of us kind of just went to McDonald's and we just stuffed ourselves Friday night. Uh, so prior to getting to the church, the last thing any of us wanted uh, was something to eat, okay? So Friday night, you know, we're just having a great old time, no problem. Saturday morning comes, and, and I, you know, I kind of remember it not being, you know, too difficult. You know, Saturday afternoon, I'm kind of starting to think about food more and more. And, and, you know, you kind of sit there and you're trying to remember how certain things, you know, tasted. You're kind of trying to remember how did certain foods smell. And, and by Saturday night, I'm starting to kind of feel really weak and just zero energy. I'm having a headache. I've got this really yucky coated taste in my mouth. My tongue feels twice the size uh, it normally did. And, and I realized my body was detoxing, which is a good thing, but uh, wasn't something that I was expecting. And most of us, we're all kind of just laying around and we're not doing anything. There's just like zero energy in the room. So I couldn't sleep well that Saturday night. So by Sunday morning, I am seeing elephants in the room, okay? I couldn't even remember what food tasted or smelled like. That Saturday, Sunday morning, none of us wanted to go up to church because it involved having to climb uh, two sets of, of very lengthy steps to get upstairs, and none of us, frankly, had the energy to do that, so we just stayed down in the youth room laying around, counting down the hours before this experiment from hell was over, okay? Okay. 
Plus, we knew that in the fellowship hall after Sunday mornings, they were gonna be having donuts and cookies, and it was just like that was the last place we knew we wanted to be. So finally, 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 Sunday evening, 6 p.m. arrives, and we break this fast uh, with a church-wide potluck. I cannot remember a time when I ate so much food so fast in my life. Now, I tell you that story because this was my first time with what I kind of understood or envisioned to be fasting, okay? That experience way back there in junior high, it really tainted, it really distorted, and it greatly discouraged me from ever wanting to do anything like that ever again in my life. So fast forward, I become a Christian and I'm starting to take my faith kind of seriously and I'm reading the Bible and I, you know, I'm, I'm reading about great missionaries and pastors and saints and I'm reading all about these you know, people who led these great revivals across the, the nations and um, I would read books on spiritual disciplines and, and every so often I would kind of run into this subject of fasting. And immediately my mind would just be flooded with all the negative memories of that experience and I would immediately dismiss the idea of fasting as something that was really more for the spiritually mature. You know, the radicals like Jesus, the apostles, you know, the apostle Paul, but not for people, ordinary run-of-the-mill Christians like me. And it's at that time, I really didn't realize how much fear that initial experience clear back there in junior high school created in me. And let me be clear, that was not biblical fasting, okay? That was starvation, and that's a big difference. So that experience of, of fasting, of starvation, of depriving myself of food for a whole weekend, that really injected fear into the spiritual discipline of fasting, and that fear kept me from really engaging in true biblical fasting. So from time to time, just out of a sense of guilt, you know, and, and just this sense of religious duty, you know, I would try to fast for a day. And now, I could fast one meal, I could maybe get through two meals, you know, if I was really kind of on a spiritual high, but I could not get beyond that second meal. Somewhere in between the first and the second fasted meal, I just started having this fear and this anxiety and this obsession with food would just begin to manifest. Fear would manifest itself in just really little ways. You know, that fear of feeling hungry. The fear of, you know, I might get dizzy. The fear of, you know, I might, I might fall. The fear of my body poorly reacting and maybe, you know, getting sick. And, and the obsession with food would be that I would just think about it nonstop. That's all I would do during the fast is I would, I would think, okay, when, when, do, when can I eat next? And the only way to get through that was just to, to break the fast and just eat. 
So all of this would just rise up within me and it prevented me from being able to complete a 24-hour fast. Let me just share with you one key principle that I was able to apply that really helped me overcome all of this and it's found in Isaiah 58. Beginning in verse six, and here God is speaking to the prophet Isaiah and God is describing to him the kind of fast that pleases God and here's what it says. Is is this, and this is God speaking to Isaiah, is this not the fast which I chose? To loosen the bonds of wickedness. To undo the bonds of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Now the loosing of the bonds of wickedness, those are not just bonds of wickedness that are put upon others. But he's also talking about those bonds of wickedness, that, those yokes that are put upon us. Fear, anxiety, anything that would keep us from just being obedient and to be able to walk in the things that God is calling us to walk in, anything that prevents or hinders that, okay, that is a bond of wickedness. It is, it is a form of a yoke, and Isaiah, God is saying to Isaiah, that needs to be broken and loosed from us. So I realized from reading this verse in Isaiah 58, 6, that I had a bond of wickedness. I had a, I had a yoke of fear. It was a yoke of anxiety and other yokes or other bonds of wickedness that prevented me from being obedient to God in this area of fasting. So one day I decided I was gonna try fasting the whole day. And I just started the fast in a way I had never ever done before. I just said this prayer and I asked God to break off the, this, this bond of fear, this yoke of anxiety that I knew wasn't from him. And I asked God, would you just remove uh, the things uh, that are keeping me uh, bound and, and in fear to fasting? And following that prayer, I fasted a whole 24 hour period and I did not have one time where fear, anxiety, or obsessive thoughts about food came to mind. And I came out of that 24 hour fast and I remember looking at that and thinking, man, that wasn't so bad. So now anytime I fast, when any of those old thoughts of fear, of anxiety, you know, obsessive thoughts about food come, I just, I know that's not from God. And, and I'll just simply say, God, I know that's not from you. Would you just break that off of me and remove them from me? So the fear of fasting was far worse than the actual discipline of fasting itself. As a matter of fact, let me give you one of the spiritual benefits of fasting. If you're here this morning and you struggle with any kind of an addiction, whether that's a, an addiction to alcohol, an addiction to drugs, if it's a sexual addiction, food addictions, shopping addictions, I mean, addictions can take many forms, right? Yeah. Whatever that addiction may be, it is a bond of wickedness. I want you to understand that. I want you to see that clearly, understand it for what it is. 
It is a bond of wickedness that needs to be broken off and removed. And biblical fasting is one of the ways that you can engage that and get that broken off and removed. Now, Isaiah is very clear that fasting, abstaining from food for a specified time, is one of the ways in which God is designed for the bonds of wickedness to be loosed and broken off of us and off of others. So if you're struggling here this morning with any kind of addiction, come to God. He sees your heart. He knows what you're struggling with. And ask him to lead you in this discipline of fasting for the purpose of breaking and loosening the bonds of wickedness over your life. As a matter of fact, when I usually... When I fast now, I usually ask God, search my heart, God. You, you see my heart, you know me. You know me better than I know myself. And, and God, in that search, if there is anything that represents a bond of wickedness or, or a yoke that I need to have broken off of my life, God, would you just break that off? Now, years ago, prior to undergoing a day of fasting, uh, God had revealed to me in, in a, in a uh, very specific uh, period of time that I was fasting that food had become an idol in my life. And that, that's why oftentimes when I fast, I would just begin to obsess about food. I would just think about it constantly because it was an addiction for me. I was very, very obsessed with that. And God revealed to me that that, that food, that idol of food needed to be dethroned. Now, this God of food, it is so prevalent, especially in our culture today. It is so pervasive in the American culture today and in the church today. And this God of food, uh, the scripture says, it even undermines the cross of Christ and its work in our lives. Listen to what the apostle Paul says in Philippians 3, 18 through 19. He said, for many are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction and whose God is their belly. Whose God is their belly. See, food, it is a God-ordained blessing. God wants us to be able to be provided for, to be able to enjoy food, to enjoy the taste of food. But you know what? If we're not careful, just like with anything in our lives, if we are not careful, that can be exploited by demonic powers. And Paul is identifying this false God, which had established a spiritual stronghold in some of the people of the New Testament church of his day. And Paul is saying, for some of you, for some of you out there, your God is your belly. It's your physical appetites. It's, it's your obsession with food. Now again, no one thinks they worship food. I don't believe any Christian intentionally sets out to worship food. And yet our appetites, our desire to eat, our drive to eat can preoccupy our schedules and our plans to a point where it becomes one of the primary focuses and goals of our lives. I mean, there was a time where I would think about food continually. I would finish one meal and I'd start planning what I was gonna have for the next meal. And, and, and sometimes you get to a point where you just begin to order your life completely around 
your meals. And again, most people don't even recognize they've been caught up in this snare of of putting this level of trust in food. And again, this false trust, and that's what it is. It is a false trust, and it will manifest itself when we eat to calm our nerves. How many of you do that? You get stressed out. I, I stress eat a lot. And that's one of the ways that, that, that this, this false God will manifest. We'll, we'll kind of just, you know, uh, eat to calm our nerves, you know, or maybe we're, we're, we're gonna, we gotta face a challenge or something. And, and, and so we'll, we'll kind of uh, uh, eat a meal uh, because we wanna be able to, you know, have the strength and, and the, the, the mental alertness to be able to handle uh, what we're, what we're uh, having to face. Uh, it, it can be, you know, to overcome internal struggles uh, in our lives, or sometimes it's just to comfort ourselves, to, to give joy. You know, we, we've, we've been in, in a very difficult time, and so sometimes we'll just use uh, food as a way to just bring comfort. And even though we may not be bowing down and singing praise songs and worshiping our bellies, we may be more ensnared than we think. We may be more emotionally attached and mentally connected to food than we want to admit. And without question, we need the grace and the freeing power of fasting to dethrone this idol and to protect us from it taking root and ruining our lives. Now the question is, how much of a stronghold does it really have over our lives will not become apparent until you start fasting regularly. If you're wondering, boy, does, does, does food really have that kind of a hold? Is it really a bond of wickedness? Is it really a, a, a yoke that keeps me from really uh, walking in, in, in fuller measure um, of God? One way to find out, abstain from food you will find out very, very quickly how strong of a hold food has over your life. When you begin to withhold food from the body, you will discover very, very quickly how obsessed with it you are or aren't. We medicate, we silence, we cover over so much internal junk. Fasting is designed to bring it to the surface of our lives so God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can set us free from that. And through fasting, God wants to open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, to the bondages and to the yokes which have ensnared us so that, again, we can experience the fullness and the freedom from those things that have come to rob us and to steal God's blessings from our lives. And the fear of fasting those things can really keep us from a committed, fasted lifestyle. So again, let me just reiterate something I said earlier. By embracing physical weakness voluntarily, I mean we choose to embrace weakness. We experience through fasting, we are positioning ourselves in a way that when God moves, and God moves in a big way, we know it was through no strength of our own. We're, we're weak, we're, we're feeling overcome, we're, we're kind of just feeling like I can't do anything, and it's, and it's in embracing that, that when God does come through, we know it was him, because it wasn't of us. 
when we embrace the weakness that comes with fasting, we are counting on, we are dependent upon, we're looking to and trusting in the power of Christ itself to accomplish the plans and purposes of God in our lives and in our ministries. And here's the spiritual principle where, where we see this. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses seven through nine. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, for this reason to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I employed the Lord three times that it might leave me, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. God's power is perfected in our weakness. And he goes on and he says, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness. I would rather embrace my weakness, my voluntary weakness, my chosen weakness. I would rather embrace that so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And Paul says, therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, and that's the involuntary. Insults, distresses, persecutions, the sufferings, that's the involuntary. That's the stuff that's put upon us. That's the stuff that other people do. The voluntary weakness is what we take on. It's what we choose. It says, therefore I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. The power of Christ perfected when we embrace weakness. That the power of Christ may dwell in us when we are embracing weakness. And he says when we embrace weakness, then we are strong. And this is what we're after. Okay, this is what we're after in the experience of fasting. I want to embrace the weakness. I want to feel the weakness that comes from denying my body food because it's in that weakness that Christ on my behalf will be strong. And I'll know it wasn't of me. The power of this is so that when someone does insult me, rather than responding from the position of tit for tat, I'm gonna take the position of weakness and I'm gonna allow the power of Christ in me to be my response through praying for those who persecute me. It's embracing that weakness then that I'm gonna begin to love my enemy. I'm gonna be praying for those who persecute me. I'm gonna overcome evil with good. And again, when I'm faced with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, because of my faith in Jesus Christ and my witness for him, rather than responding from a position of human strength to defend myself in my weakness, I'm going to rely on, I'm gonna look to, and I'm gonna trust that God is gonna be my defender. He will be my deliverer. He will be my fortress. He will be my avenger. Because see, here's the thing. In our own physical strength, when we're all filled up with food, that is usually not our immediate response. 
Again, when people come at us, we want to go back at them. We want to go toe-to-toe, head-to-head, eye-to-eye, tooth-for-tooth, power-to-power. The discipline of fasting over time, it will transform our hearts and our lives and our spirits in such a way that when insults come, when the distresses, the trials and tribulations for the sake of Christ, we are then able to respond in a Christ-like manner. And, and, And fasting, it positions us, it enables us that in that weakness, he becomes our strength. Fasting in the natural, physical realm is the way to enhance being fed in the spirit, in our inner man. As we fast, both our hunger and our capacity for receiving and understanding godly revelation increases. It deepens. If you're wanting more and more of God, if you're wanting deeper revelation, greater understanding, greater insight into the things of God, the kingdom of God, fasting is the quickest way to get there. That's why Jesus said in John 6, 27, labor for the food that comes from above. Labor, work for, strive for, go after the food that comes from above. And when we fast, that's what we'll receive. We'll receive the food that comes from above. Again, as we incorporate a lifestyle of fasting, it strengthens our determination and resolve to submit to and surrender more and more of our lives to coming under God's power and authority. And again, this is a process. It takes time. As I said last week, if 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 you've never fasted before, you're new to fasting, don't jump into a 40-day fast, okay? I'm just telling you right now, it, it will end miserably. Okay, you'll have an experience like I had and it will, it, will, it will just be very, very negative. Start off slowly, do a meal, you know, maybe just one time a week and, and, and kind of just, you know, just push that out. You know, maybe after a month, you try two meals um, one day, you know, and, and then maybe you kind of, you know, start with, you know, uh, not just one day a week, but two days a week. And again, you just want to build out gradually and just trust God to lead you uh, in that process. And again, it, it's, it is a process and it takes time and, and God understands that. He's patient with us. And it's one of the many goals and outcomes that God has for us when we incorporate fasting as an ongoing part of our Christian lifestyle. Now again, God designed, he created purposely this voluntary godly weakness primarily as a way for weak and broken people to experience victory. Why? Because weak and broken people are the only kind that exist. Amen? Amen. So again, I just encourage you, if you've not, uh, if you weren't here last week um, and you didn't get to listen to the three different kinds of fast, encourage you to jump on the website. Uh, we've got those, that message is uh, loaded there. Uh, if you were here last week and maybe forgot, um, you can jump on the website there and, and again, learn more. And again, we're just encouraging people 
Um, and, and as you're, you, know, you, you get into the fasting, just ask God to, to, to reveal to your heart what is it that God wants to do for you in the fast. Like I said, for some of you, it may be that God just needs to break off some bonds of wickedness. Um, and, and again, maybe there's just some, some obsessions in your life. Um, and it may be just that maybe some of you right now, you're just feeling overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. Uh, maybe you're having um, just a, a lot of uh, difficulties uh, in relationships. Um, whatever that is, is, is ask God, what are we partnering for together in this fast? What is it, God, that you wanna do in me um, through this fast? And, and as God reveals that to you, you kind of just begin to partner with him. You just kind of begin to pray into those things that God is showing you. And, and again, you'll begin to just experience incredible uh, breakthrough and deliverance um, in that. So that's my prayer for you this week is that um, as you undergo this, and again, it, it just, if it, even if it's just one meal this week, just use that time that you would eat or preparing the food. Just use that for getting into the word. Use that to just praying um, and, and just you know building that relationship with God. Um, and so again, as, you, as you're doing that, that again, God is just gonna partner with you in this. Don't, don't think of this as just you yourself. You're kind of on your own doing this you know, fasting. God is with you. He's wanting to walk with you in this and find out what is it, God, that you're wanting to do in me um, through this time of fasting. Let's just stand together this morning. Father, again, we just thank you so much for this uh, discipline, this process of fasting. And Lord, it's so true when we talk about this subject, God. It's a difficult subject for all of us because I think probably a lot of us have had really negative experiences with this because maybe we've been doing it for the wrong reasons. And God, we just have, you know, never really experienced the true purpose and what you designed fasting to be. And so, Lord, we kind of just tend to want to ignore that. And yet, God, we see that there is great power in fasting. Even if it's just one day, one meal, there is great fasting when we just deny ourselves and so, Father, this morning, as you again, you just see our hearts, Lord. You see what bonds of wickedness. You, you see the yokes, the burdens that each one of us carry here this morning. And God, that is not your design, Lord, that we walk in, in, in uh, bonds of wickedness, whether that's fear, anxiety, doubt, whatever that may be this morning. That, God, you want to free us from that. And Lord, one of the tools that you've given us to experience that freedom is fasting. So God, this morning, I just pray that you would encourage our hearts this morning. That no matter what our past experience has been, that God, this morning, we understand that you want to be in this with us. And so this morning, Father, I just pray, Lord, that as you lead and guide each one of us, in whatever ways you're calling us this morning to fasting, that God, we would just hear your voice. God, that we would just walk in, in just a, a place of just complete surrender and obedience, trusting God that you are gonna show up. That God, the weakness we experience will be nothing compared to the power that we're gonna discover 
in you. And so Father, this morning, we just come again with an open heart, with just a willingness to deny the flesh, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, to take up that fast, and just to walk with you, to embrace that weakness, so that in our weakness, we will find that God, you are more than enough. And so Father, we just thank you, Lord. I, just, uh, I pray for any here this morning that um, don't know you, and Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would just reveal yourself to them. Father, I just come against that veil that the enemy has placed over their hearts this morning that keep them from being able to see or to respond to you. Father, I just ask, Lord, that in your grace, in your mercy, in your great love for them, in your kindness, God, that you would draw them, that you would lead them to that place of repentance, that God, you would lead them to that place where they would declare with their mouths that you are Lord, that they would believe in their hearts that you raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And that God, through that, they would find salvation. We thank you, Lord, as that song reminded us, today is the day, now is the day of salvation. So Father, for any here this morning, who are not saved, Father, we pray again that your Holy Spirit would just move upon their hearts and their lives this morning. We thank you, God, for your power. We thank you for your greatness. We thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your grace, your love, and your mercy that are never ending. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.